And it's another edition of the Pastor Study here on WHOV 88.1 FM. Another beautiful Tuesday afternoon. It's officially summertime. We're glad you're listening to us. Pastor Kevin Swan in studio with Pastor Raymond Johnson, Calvary Revival Church Peninsula. And uh, our other partner in crime, Pastor John Young, is not with us in studio, but he is with us on the line today. And uh, the reason why he's on the line is because uh, he's been going through some challenges, we'll call it. Uh, If you've been looking at the news, uh, 10 on your side, all that kind of thing, he's been involved in that. And so, uh, first of all, we want to say a pleasant good afternoon to Pastor Young. Pastor Young, how you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, bro. It's it's good to have you. I know you're in between meetings, and so we wanted to get you on today because you're going through a, a difficult moment um, with your church building. And I, uh, you did tell me already uh, that you could not reveal everything. So what can you tell us? I know that there was a story on Ten on Your Side yesterday that came out uh, with you and your church. And so can you kind of give us some background on what's happening? Yes, absolutely. First off, I just want to say that, you know, we're, we're full of faith, you know, and obviously, even though we can't see what's around the corner, we can see God. Um, so he doesn't look worried, so I'm trying to mimic him. I know that's right. <laughs> and and uh, basically what happened is we've been in a lease space uh, for about four years now, and God has truly blessed us uh, uh, in that space. We've flourished, and we've, uh, we've come to a point where... Um, you know the community has uh, has has benefited in so many different ways, homeless, uh, hosting narcotics anonymous meetings, all those kinds of things. But uh, we are in the conceptual stages of our second lease uh, at that place. We're very good paying tenants and all those kinds of things. But somehow, uh, due to what the city refers to as an oversight, um, they weren't aware uh, that we were there uh, operating a church in that facility um, and. Uh, not only were they not aware that we were there, but the church that uh, was operating uh, in that same space prior to us being there, uh, the city has no record of them. Uh, and so uh, as a result, there was never a uh, change of use uh, uh, certificate applied for. And so the codes necessary to operate a church have become a lot more stringent uh, since uh, 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 the... Um, time that the church uh, a couple doors down from us uh, got their code. And so uh, basically uh, it's about, uh, uh, from what we understand now, a $40,000 endeavor to get the building up to code uh, so that we can continue to uh, um, uh, uh, occupy that space for the remainder of our lease. Uh, And uh, according to the owners of the facility, that that's not cost effective uh, for them uh, to keep us uh, in that facility and uh, pay the money necessary to get their building up to code. So, so Pastor Young, wh- when did the city come in, I guess is the question. When did they find out that you were tenants, I guess, in this in this space and then kind of said, okay, you're not supposed to be there or you can be there if the building uh, is up to code? Well, from what we understand from the city, they have been in negotiations uh, and dialogue with the owner of our facility for about eight to ten months, um, uh, and unbeknownst to us, uh, we were not, uh, the time clock wasn't started for us until a week from this past Friday, where we were given just slightly more than 40 days uh, to 
not only mm-hmm. exit the facility, but to identify another facility and move in. Uh, okay. And obviously, uh, what our desire is is for uh, the city to, uh, 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 I guess, soften that stance and give us what we believe to be a fair exit strategy. Uh, we understand if the building isn't up to code, we want to keep our people safe, and we believe we have uh, more vested interest in keeping the people safe than even the city does. Um, but with that being said, we just believe that uh, you know it's it's not a realistic request to have us out uh, in 40 days. So if you're just tuning in, one of our co-hosts of the show, Pastor John Young of, of Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center, going through a difficult challenge with the city of Newport News, the building of which uh, he is leasing from another person. Uh, the city came in and essentially said that the, uh, the the building is not up to code, and basically you have 40 days unless you do the modifications you have 40 days to vacate the property. And so uh, Pastor Young on yesterday went to oh, – it was aired on 10 on your side. Is that correct? That's correct, sir. And so what came out of that on yesterday? What was – you know, you went to 10 on your side to get what accomplished? Well, one of the things that we uh, believed if we put a voice to our situation, uh, much like what you are allowing us to do, then maybe some of the right people would hear it and uh, we would uh, get some – uh, responses from uh, from from anyone who could um, who could assist us in our transition and maybe um, add some clarity to our situation uh, in terms of uh, uh, allowing a uh, the city to um, uh, to provide some alternatives and b for the ownership of our facility to um, uh, to um, uh, do hold up their end of the bargain uh, however they however they can whether that be to um, you know to uh, I guess compensate us as we make this transition and assist us in in that endeavor or uh, to go to fight uh, 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 go to the mat with us to make sure that we are in a comparable space um, uh, and we can continue to serve the community as we have and the uh, fallout from that has been very effective we've gotten a number of calls from concerned pastors in the area and I, I want to take this opportunity to thank them for their calls and support um, uh, uh, and, and in addition to that, uh, as a result of that story airing, uh, the owner of our facility has um, um, uh, decided that they'd like to meet with us now to, to rethink a new strategy. Well, and, bless. Uh, and and uh, Look that at God, thing, somebody. Uh, will happen here within the next hour or so. Well, bless the Lord. And that's the reason why you're not in studio with us is because you just came out of one meeting and you're about to go into another Again, Pastor John Young and Power Believers Christian Learning Center having a challenge with uh, the the building of where he uh, is worshiping and the owners of the building and the city have to work some things out. So it sounds like to me, Pastor Young, there's there's one of three options that you have. One, the owner of the building can do the necessary improvements to get the building up to code. Two, the city or, or the owner says, no, I'm not going to do those those things, and you would have to vacate the property in 40 days. Or three, uh, the city can also help you to find another space or give you extended time to find another property. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, and so for you then, what is your heart's desire? What is your prayer? Is it your prayer to stay in the building, or is your prayer that if you don't stay in the building that the Lord will show you favor and finding another place for your for your church. Well, uh, 
thanks for asking that question because I, I certainly uh, want the opportunity to express that because for us, we're not looking for some type of special treatment because we are a church. Um, we want to be treated fairly. And so if the building isn't up to code, then we don't want to have our people in an unsafe location, but we'd like a fair exit strategy uh, uh, in terms of the time necessary to locate and acquire another facility. And uh, we'd also like to be uh, justly reimbursed for the uh, investment that we made in the building that, uh, through no fault of our own, uh, uh, the owners will not be able to uh, uh, live up to their end of the contract. Um, we are very good paying tenants. We've never been late on our payments, and, uh, and uh, we've done everything that we signed the contract stating that we would do. And uh, what they're in was to provide a space where we could continue to serve our community uh, uh, as long as we paid our lease on time, and we've done that. Uh, okay. So- so, so we just want them to do that or either find, find a, uh, an alternative that is, is fair. And I know that you're in between meetings and, and you have to run. So, Pastor, I guess, you know, obviously these are times where, you know, churches and church leaders ought to do more than just a God bless you and we're, and we're praying for you. You know, obviously that's important. But, you know, these are times where hopefully people can come together and offer assistance to others in the body of Christ. And so... Uh, what things would you like or what would you like to see from, from, for example, other church leaders, myself, Pastor Johnson, maybe the, the community? Are there certain things that you need from us beyond prayer, obviously, and, you know, those yeah. kinds of things? What, what tangible things do you need or would you like to see from, from the community? Well, you know, uh, first off, you, you hit the nail on the head uh, in terms of, of the prayer. Uh, we certainly... Uh, continue to solicit the prayers of not not only the uh, church leaders but but the saints out there that that can can get a prayer through uh, we certainly want them to continue to do that in terms of uh, uh, pastors uh, like yourself and and pastor Johnson you know if if you if you all have any um, uh, resources or wherewithal that that uh, would allow us to um, our, our, our information, that uh, could get us uh, pointed in the right direction where we could have maybe possibly a stopgap measure mm-hmm. uh, where, whereby we may be able to continue to hold services uh, somewhere in the short term uh, in the event that we are uh, required to leave, uh, uh, in fact, July 31st. Uh, from what I have understood from my last meeting, the city is starting, is starting to soften on that stance. Um, uh, however, you know, there's still a whole lot of uh, intangibles that are yet to be determined. So uh, if you all know of a place that uh, we could consider, uh, you know, you've got eyes and ears out there, you know, a space that's coming available that we may be able to lease um, uh, for a while, uh, please uh, uh, give me a call. Our, um, our telephone number is area code 757-240-5834. That's uh, 757-240-5834, and any information uh, that, that you or either of the uh, pastors or, or uh, church uh, uh, members in the area could provide us would be greatly appreciated. Okay, once again, this is Pastor John Young, one of the co-hosts of the Pastor Study Show. Not in studio with us today because he's tending to uh, a matter concerning his church. Uh, essentially, if you're just tuning in, uh, Pastor Young is the pastor of Empower Believers Christian Learning Center, uh, and they are located. What, what's the address again? 
It's 656 79th Street. 656 79th Street in Newport News, and they are leasing a, a space from an owner. The owner and the city of Newport News has come in and determined that the space is not suitable for uh, the church to be there. And unless some upgrades are made by the owner of the building, then the church will have to vacate the premises within 40 days, which is July the 31st. And right now we're asking for the believers certainly to start praying uh, for Pastor Young for this church, that God will resolve this situation, uh, that prayerfully they can stay in the current location. But if they cannot, that either the city would give them an extension on the time needed to transition out of their present location or that there be another building available for uh, the church to go and to worship for a period of time. So if you have uh, information on a building that might be available, uh, please call Pastor Young, 240-5834. That number again, 240-5834 for more information. And Pastor Young, I do know of a couple of places that uh, I'll talk to you about off the air that maybe something can happen. And, uh, again, we're asking the body of believers to come together and help this pastor and church congregation with this situation. So, Pastor, thank you for your time. We'll be praying for you. And uh, please keep us informed about your subsequent meetings after today. And uh, we hope that uh, God will show favor to you and your church family. Absolutely. Thank you so much for all your support. Uh, and and uh, my love goes out to you too, Pastor Ray. And uh, I appreciate all of y'all's prayers. Absolutely, sir. We love you, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to take a short break here, and uh, when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to go ahead and talk about our question of the day. Uh, We realized that on last week, as we got into the discussion with uh, the ways of which now people are experiencing God and some of the research that has come out, that we forgot to invite the callers. We we got so involved in the conversation, Pastor Johnson, that we didn't even... uh, The callers couldn't even call in. We didn't get the callers to come in and express themselves. Yeah. And so we do have... Some more information from that study that we did not talk about last week that we will talk about this week, but certainly we want to invite your calls. And by the way, uh, the, the the topic for today is on the blog at uh, kevinswan.org. So for people who say, I listen to the show, and I get this all the time, Pastor Johnson, mm-hmm. they say, I listen to the show, but I just don't want to call in. Well, you can write your uh, suggestion, your response on the blog that's posted. Go to www.kevinswan.org. At the bottom, you'll see Pastor's blog. Click on it, and then you can write down your comment on the blog for today. And again, it is in reference to how people today are experiencing God in many different ways, maybe very different from the previous generation. And so how do we as pastors and leaders address the changes that are taking place in our culture? So we're going to talk about all of that today on the other side of the break here on WHOV 88.1 FM. Hey, we're back on the Pastor Study here on WHOV 88.1 FM. If you're just tuning in, one of our co-hosts of the show, Pastor John Young, is going through a challenge with the city of Newport News. We're asking for your prayers and for your support for him in the, the building of which his church is currently located. He's leasing space from an owner. And the city of Newport News essentially came in and said to the owner that uh, the building is not up to code. There are a number of things that need to be done. And unless those things are done then the church has to vacate the premises within 40 days or by the end of July. 
we're just praying to God that God would help Pastor Young and the Power Believers family to work out a situation that would be good for everybody, certainly for the safety of those uh, members in the building. If the building is not safe, then certainly that God will provide another means for Pastor Young and his congregation to go into worship. So if you, in fact, have a building or a place in mind of which they may be able to go for a season until they can find a more permanent place of residence, you can call him at 240-5834. That number again is 240-5834. We have with us also in studio another one of our co-hosts, Pastor Raymond Johnson of Calvary Revival Church Peninsula. Pastor, how you doing today? Good to be with you again, sir. Doing very well today. Good, man. Summer is here, man. Summer's here. We celebrated the first day of summer on Sunday. On and, Sunday. Uh, hot, but that's how it is, man. Father's Day. And how was Good your Father's food. Day? I had a great Father's Day. Did did uh, First Lady did she did she take care of your man the kids? She took she, she took care, of it, but you know I wanted to get the Blu-ray player. Did you get it, brother? I came back with uh, gift cards. All righty, and so I did, I still did well. I'm gonna put all my, now my partner my partner. I'm gonna put all my gift cards together. We, and go we're gonna talk Blu-ray because Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob is on the air too. Rob Dixon and uh, all the way from Philly, and I know when you just said gift cards, we we had yeah. this. That's we, just wrong. We had, <laughs> we've had this discussion before about we gift cards. We have had this discussion before, yes. Well, yes. first of all, Rob, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I cannot complain. I'm, I'm wet, but I'm good. Yeah. Uh, actually, the sun is out today, and it, it, if it stays out, I may actually go hit the golf course this afternoon, so I'm excited. Okay. All right. Must be nice, man. You can go play golf in the afternoon in a passage on. It must be nice. Hey, it must be nice, man. You know must what? I be see nice. more ministers out there than anybody else. I don't know what y'all have seen the folks. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, Pastor Rob, I did also have a very good uh, Father's Day. My family, man, blessed me tremendously. So I, right I can't now. complain at all. So if my wife oh, is listening. Thank you, baby, for the for the Father's Day gift. You saw you probably try to put that in there, Rob. Hey, so man, you try to put it in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping yeah, it real. Right, I'm keeping it real. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, listen, uh, Rob, you weren't with us last week, but uh, we started a, com- a topic of conversation, uh, and we want to kind of pick up where we left off last week. And uh, for those who are just tuning in this week and did not get to hear last week's show, Barna.org, uh, George Barna is considered uh, one of the top researchers in the area of Christianity and faith and religion in our country. He came out with another study of which talks about ways in today's culture that people are now experiencing God. And uh, there's some interesting statistics that came out of this study. We talked about some of them last week, and we're going to pick up where we left off. But if you did not tune in last week, some of the stats that say, first of all, 88% of all American adults who participated in this survey said that their religious faith is very important in their life, which I guess is a good thing that people still consider faith to be of substance to them. But when you move down a little bit further in the study, Rob and and, and Pastor Johnson, it says that 45% of those in this study also say that they are willing to try a new church. Now, Rob, when when you hear that 45% of those in the study, and this was a large study, uh, when you go to church or when you, what has been your consensus when you've heard other people saying that they want to be a part of the church or try a new church. Is that a common perception that you that you think people have, that people are dissatisfied with where they're currently worshiping? I don't know if they're dissatisfied with where they're currently worshiping. I think um, people are waiting for the church to catch up with the 
times. Mm-hmm. And and so I don't think they're dissatisfied, but I think they think that church can be more effective and can be more uh, with today's generation and with what's going on in today's generation a little more effectively. Um, uh, you know, it, we've had these discussions before about where the church uh, has lagged behind a lot of people, uh, a lot of uh, industry and a lot of other companies and everything, and the way that they've been going about, uh, you know, reaching the saved and the unsaved and doing their ministries. There's been a lot of uh, talk about how churches have just really, as a, if you look at it as a, uh, I guess as an industry, and I hate to say it like that, but as an industry, mm-hmm. I mean, they are way behind the times. A lot of churches don't effectively use the tools that are available in this day and age, especially technology, mm. uh, the way that a lot of folks would probably like for them to. And, you know, it's, it's partly because church is driven by um, those who are 40 and older, probably. Uh, the church is uh, driven by the older generation, and a lot of them are unwilling to change. They are not a technological uh, society, per se. So when you look at those, especially those above 50, I mean, those folks really are not interested in Facebook or MySpace, YouTube, or anything else. They're not really online looking for emails. They're not Twittering or tweeting or however. Uh, so, you know, they, those folks really technolo- technologically are not interested in that. So churches, you know, look at that and say, well, the, those are the ones paying the tithes. So we're not we're going to cater to what they like. So that group has not really been reached, you know, is is really uh, kept church the way it's supposed, way they think it's supposed to be. But is now, it's- there's a younger generation that's looking at, well, what can we do better? How can we be more effective? And so they feel like they've been ignored. So yes, I think a lot of folks would like to see a new type of church out there. Um, but I think that there's a there's a generation gap that, that right there is where it focuses and lies where the, the, the discrepancy is. Okay, but you know is. It's interesting too, Rob, because and Pastor Johnson, I want to get your thought on this because it says forty-five percent are willing to try a new church because they find that in today's time people are not as loyal to churches as they once were. In other words, uh, you know, in a generation or two ago, if you joined that particular church, basically that was your church for life. Right. But but now people don't necessarily have that same mentality. Now it's more of a, of a mindset where I'm going to go, quote-unquote, where I can get fed. So, uh, so Pastor, what do you think about that? You know, when well, you, when you hear that. It's, it's, it's more of I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to go shopping, if you will. Right. And so it's the Walmart concept. And so if, if, if your ministry has uh, X, Y, and Z, and the other ministry has A, B, and C, but I want more of X, Y, and Z, then I'm going to go to where X, Y, and Z is. And so it's the, the commercialization and consumerism that has kind of made its way into the church of, of uh, churches now trying to, I hate to even say this also, that get getting into a thing where they're competing against each other, if you will, uh, for persons to come inside of their four walls with so much of making sure they provide this ministry, this ministry, this ministry, that ministry, this ministry. And it's just a part of the times in which we live because people so, have different value systems now. Right. So let me let me say this to both of you. Again, 45 percent say they're willing to try a new church. And then in the same study, it said 50 percent say a growing number of people that I know are tired of the same church experience. Mm-hmm. So is it then that it's it's folks who don't want necessarily to change the way church is being done? Or is it that you also have on the other side people who are not as loyal to a particular church that both of them are causing the church experience to probably be lacking in some areas. Oh, I don't fault the other side either. I think there's too much church hopping going on as well. I think folks have gotten caught up 
and the whole idea of I need to go to the where the popular church is. And yeah. this is something I started seeing back in the 90s uh, where folks would flock to the up-and-coming church. This is where it's happening at right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, Pastor Swan, we were both at Six Mount, and uh, there was a, uh, you know, it seemed like a lot of folks were flocking to Six Mount. And we were happy the church was growing. We thought we were doing uh, things in the right manner. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't necessarily look at, though, necessarily, that folks were just, or maybe we did, but uh, that folks were just going to where it was happening right now. Six Mount was the new happening church. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's another church that comes along, I'm sure, and then folks decide, well, you know what, that's the happening church. So now let me go to that happening church. It, it is definitely a, a trend to, you know, I think a lot of folks, it's not necessarily, I don't think folks are being uh, fed differently or anything like that. I think a lot of folks get caught up in where they go to church because of, it's the, it's the high school thing. I want to be with the popular kids. It's you know social, what I'm saying? Right, social. So, and I think a lot of folks get caught in that sometimes. Instead of being loyal to that church and, and saying, this is my church, this is where I'm going to put my roots down and help this church to be a beacon in the community and do, do you know, do what we, the church mission is set out to do. And so... I think a lot of folks get caught up in the whole popularity of it. My pastor's big time, and now I want to be with the big time and pastor. You know, this the mega church. I think affected a lot of this as well. When mega churches started coming along and being a big, big time thing, folks wanted to be in the masses. You know, I want to be in the number. That's how the song goes. Well, the numbers at this church they got a hundred thousand. I want to be with the hundred thousand instead of saying, "Well, let me stay with my church and helping to build it up so that it can be effective." You know, a lot of folks have been church hopping on that side as well, and I, I think that affects the attitudes of a lot of young people today. They want to be where they, where it's happening at. So, so Rod, let me ask you this, because we do have callers that, come, uh, that are calling in, and let me get this thought from you real quick. If, let me play the other side then. If you're going to a church, and, and let's say legitimately, uh, you know, when you started there, the church was, was doing well, you, your needs were being met, but now for whatever reason, um, those needs are not being met any longer. You don't feel like you're growing spiritually. You feel like you're stagnant and stuck in a place, and you know God has better for you and your family. Should somebody then try to tough it out, as you're suggesting, and just hang in there prayerfully until things get better? Or do people say, you know what, life is short. Let me go because I know God has a calling on my life to do some things, and I need to go to find where I can get that calling fulfilled. What what's that's a tough, tough thing to say. You know, I, I, I really don't have the answer. I lean towards the side of loyalty, and I lean towards the side of what drew me to this church in the first place. Did I come here because I was being fed, or was I? did I come here because I felt like I was in the mix? And, you know, you have to ask yourself, what are you doing to help make your church experience to, to be uh, that much uh, that more fruitful for you and your family? I, I think a lot of people, and, I, it's, you know, it's always bothered me when people go, well, I'm not getting fed there any longer. My question is, what changed that the food, you know, what about the food, what, what, the, what was it, the pastor was feeding you changed? And, you know, why is it that you, you're not being fed any longer? Why is it that you're being fed at this other church, you know, more so? What was the difference? And have you... Have you uh, brought it up with the pastor? Have you talked to somebody else about it? You know, because it, it bothers me when people jump churches, for, you know, for, from two to three, every two to three years, because I don't feel like folks have really caught on to what church is really supposed to be about on some levels. Church is not only just a place where you get fed on Sundays, but it's also the place where you're reaching out to the community, where you're reaching out and, and being a part of ministries. Church should be more than just 
Sunday morning, I feel like I just got inspiration and lifted, and I'm going home now. What are you doing? Are you uh, involved in the church ministries? Are you reaching out and touching the community? Are you helping the church to build itself? Because I think that's part of the feeding process. And so I think a lot of people skip over that. A lot of people avoid that. I think a lot of people just want to be somewhere where the, the pastor is whooping it up and is real popular and is on TV sometimes and this, that, and the other. And you've got to get caught up in the whole aspect of church. You can't just go on Sundays and just be, you know, one out of the seven days. You've got to go there, you know, are you there on Tuesday when, you know, uh, the, the Helping Hands ministry is out? Are you doing something with the youth as well? Are your children involved in the church and all these other things? Because that's what makes a church experience even more special is the fact that you're involved with the church. If you're not involved with that except on Sundays, then, yeah, you ain't going to get fed for so long. It's like going to any good restaurant. You can go there for a year and say, boy, the food is excellent, but after a while, you done tasted all the food. So, you know, and you're only going there one time of the week. Yeah, you're going to get tired of the food. You want something new. But if you go there and you're part of the of the, of the the restaurant, if you're involved in, you know, creating the dishes, if you're part of the people that has ownership of that restaurant, then you're going to stay a, long, a longer time and get everything that you want out of it. So, uh, you know, I'm, I don't like the fact that folks just jump from church to church to church to church to church because I, I don't know if you're getting fed properly right. at these different churches. You're just getting uh, superficial tasting. Uh, you're, you're more of a food critic than necessarily a food eat. You know I, what I'm saying? I got you, man. I, and we appreciate the call, man. We do have callers coming in. And thanks also for last week, man, for the referral for Chef Jeff, man. We appreciate it. Yo, did he, is he cooking you something? Is he coming to Newport News to cook? No, no, no. He was he was promoting something that he's doing online, man, with uh, some yeah, recipes and things. So. With the but anyway, book, but it, I figured you might be able to talk him into coming to Newport News. You know, you, you know, know, know we tried, Rob. Idea. You know we tried. Down yeah. in the hood. That's why I need. He ain't scared of the hood. That's why I need the number, Rob. <laughs> 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 I'll make sure you have everybody's afternoon. All right, thanks, man. Later. All right, take care. Uh, that was Rob Dixon all the way up in Philadelphia. And uh, Pastor Johnson, what do you think, though, seriously, about what he said about is loyalty? Uh, you know, again, is loyalty the big issue? Uh, should somebody? If they don't feel like they're legitimately getting what they need, should somebody stay in that particular place, or should do they have the right to say, "I need to go where I can grow"? Well, it's 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 a two-sided coin. Loyalty is important, uh, but what I would say about what uh, what Rob shared with us is that it's critically important that we understand why we join and are drawn to churches, and we're drawn we're drawn and are and join churches from the from the simple aspect of that we are attracted by the vision of that particular local church, and we find ourselves identifying with what that ministry is gearing itself toward doing in its local community and with its members. So vision is is what uh, should be drawing people to join churches. And on the other side of that, uh, those of us who are in the pulpit and responsible for spiritual formation in people's lives, we've got to make sure that we are providing the proper diet every time we come together to meet for instruction time, uh, which is not necessarily on Sunday, but it's on our Bible study times during the midweek services, our organization times where we come together in all of our different spheres of influence, and we're teaching and we're sharing in the Word, being a part of the life life of the church goes well beyond Sunday. And we've got to make sure that we're responsible for providing a good diet so that people are nutritionally growing as Christians. And I agree to that. I mean, absolutely. You're not, you're only going to get so much on Sundays. You have to do more than way beyond. And we want to hear from you. 727-5711 is the number 727-5711. We do have a caller on the air. Caller, are you there? Yes, I most certainly am. Your timing is impeccable. I am um, <laughs> someone who struggled uh, with today's topic. I, out of uh, loyalty, stayed 
too long uh, at a church that I, you know, take full onus for, was just a poor fit for. I, um, like you guys said, I, I thought, I, I tried to get involved, and I did get involved. And I, I grappled for a year and sat there and sat there and um, just should have left earlier, but I felt so guilty. I thought, okay, gosh, I'm, you know, turning my back on a very popular church. I, you know, the problem has to be me. And I, and I admit um, more than 60% of it was my personality. I'm the type of person that if I don't understand something, I ask questions, I believe in things being thought-provoking, and I don't think the place I was shared that same philosophy. <laughs> so have you found another place of worship? I guess I, that's... I, yes, sir, I have. I have not. I've been reticent about joining, but I've certainly uh, found a place that I know God has led me to that I am more suited for, Okay. I believe. All right. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Bye-bye. And it's interesting, uh, Pastor, you know, I've had a lot of people like that in our congregation who have uh-huh. said, you know, we've been here. We, yeah. I, I, you know, I'd ask him in new, new member, how long have you been here? Well, we've been coming. Eight, nine months. Yeah, for a year. Yeah. <laughs> checking you out. Yeah. Just, just wanting just to Just watching and checking you. Yeah, man. And that's the generation that we're in. And so these are the statistics that bear that out. But there's another stat that we did not talk about last week that I do want to raise today. Go ahead. And that is 64% of those who participated in this survey say they are completely open to carrying out and pursuing their faith in an environment or structure that is different from that of a typical church, which means that they're saying that uh, two out of three adults in this survey say that they're not tied to a quote-unquote conventional church setting as they seek to experience and express their faith. They're very open to new process, structure, and, and all kinds of things. So so what does that say, uh, Pastor Johnson, to, to those who they come in, they don't believe necessarily that church or experiencing God has to be in the form of which we uh-huh. express our, our, our faith in God? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's, it's, it, it becomes critical for us to take a timeless truth that is hidden in the Scripture and modernize it in a contemporary time so that people are able to experience a timeless God. Now, what that means is is that we can't continue to do the same thing the same way all the time, and that in keeping with the times, uh, values of people are changing, perspectives of people are changing, and we've got to make sure that we orient our ministries in such a way where we can still cultivate spiritual formation and a connection with God, but do it in a format that allows people the flexibility and freedom of experiencing life to the fullest degree of the times in which we live. Yeah, and that's and that's the challenge because you do have, again, uh, as alluded to earlier, you have a generation that does not necessarily believe in this open expression of faith. Right. And so you have to blend the two. We want to hear from you, 727-5711 on this topic. But but the reason why I brought this statistic up mm-hmm. is because I don't know about you, Pastor, but I hear this statement now more so, I think, now than I ever have. And, and that is, uh, you know, the church is not the building. This is what I hear from a lot of people. Go ahead, you talk know, about the it. The church is not the building. Yeah. I, I am the church. Uh-huh. And people say, you know, wherever I go, you know, wherever I am, uh-huh. that's that's where church is. Uh-huh. And so I don't necessarily have to get up and go to church on Sunday morning because if I'm the church, then, you know, I can worship God wherever I want to worship God. And, you know, if that's in church or if that's 
in my bed or, you know, if that's in my lawn when I'm cutting the grass, I'm worshiping God on Sunday morning, then that is okay. This this seems to be a more prevailing view. At least I'm hearing it more often than I've ever of heard course. it before. Yeah. So when you hear this kind of sentiment, you know, when you say 64% of the people say they, they're open to expressing uh, their faith in many different ways outside of the church experience, yeah. how do we handle people who say, you know what, I don't need to go to church as long as I'm saved, as long as I'm reading my Bible and praying. But we, we've, you know, got to, we've got to make sure we take them, uh, take them uh, very critically uh, to the scripture that points out, uh, forsake not yourselves among the assemblies of the brethren. Um, and and why that's important because there's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. So we've got to make sure we explain that to them. Yes, uh, you can worship God wherever you are in your lawn, uh, while you're cutting your grass, while you're washing your dishes, while you're doing your laundry. Uh, yes, you can worship God, but you you cannot forsake the assembly of yourself amongst the brethren so that there you can receive the wisdom in the multitude of that counsel. Everybody should be a part of a local church fellowship. And how that local church fellowship gets together, that's a question for discussion um, that maybe we can do some changes. For example, when we begin to talk about um, we want families to be strong and families to be together. Um, Well, when you look at the work week, most people are working anywhere between 40 and 60 hours in a work week. And, uh, you know, coming to church, you want their experience to have an opportunity where they can experience God have a spiritual encounter, have a transformative process, and then have the opportunity to spend time with their families. Now, if you grew up like I did, my church background uh, was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, choir rehearsal, Tuesday night, deacons, Bible study. Yeah, you, every Wednesday day of the night. week. Yeah, every day of the week. You can't do it that way uh, nowadays any, any anymore like you did then. So you've got to kind of orient your ministry around specific topic areas, if you will, that will help to be in to service the family where people can come in experience God maybe in an hour and a half, come in, have an experience, get teaching, get training, and then go back home. So so let me make it personal here. Let's say you have someone that comes to your congregation and you, you're sitting down and talking with them. You know, yeah. they, they join, but they say, Pastor, you know what? Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm just not going to be here every Sunday. You know, I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be here maybe once a month. Oh, I got something. Twice like a month. <laughs> they just say bold enough to say it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, but but you know, in the times that I'm not here, yeah, I'm going to experience God. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing what I need to do. Uh, I just don't, you know, I just don't see why I need to be in church every Sunday. Well, as a pastor, I, I say to that particular parishioner, you know, uh, when you join this local church, you joined a covenant family, and as a part of being a part of a covenant family, it's important that we're all growing uh, and tracking together and developing well together. I would love the opportunity to to aid you in that process in your connection with God because, really, I've got to give an account for what I feed you. And I can't be responsible for what you're eating if you're not here. Then on the other side, I say, well, I understand maybe it's a job situation that's taking you out um, and you're not able to get here. So what we do is we have the Internet that's available and we post our sermons online or you can still get the notes online. Or you know what? I've got two other services that are happening throughout the week. Um, If you miss Sunday morning, you can catch the Sunday night Bible study or the one of the Wednesday night midweek services. And what our church does, because we've kept up with this trend, is uh, we've gone to what you call a cell group system mm-hmm. that's built around particular issues uh, relative to uh, contemporary times for today. And
And so you can meet an, an in-home Bible study of one of our cell group leaders and still have an opportunity for spiritual formation and transformation in your life. So, no, I understand if you're missing Sunday morning, catch Sunday night, catch one of those midweeks, or catch one of those life cell groups also. So and you're you're offering other opportunities. Other opportunities and options. For people to do it. To, co- to connect, absolutely. Right. And so, once again, if you're just tuning in, uh, there's an interesting study that came out of George Barna. He's considered one of the top researchers in the area of Christianity, faith, and religion in our country. A lot of very interesting comments. And basically all of them point to this, Pastor. Go ahead. That is essentially the generation that is coming. And I say generation now. I'm talking about uh, 25 and younger. Yeah, millennials. Basically Uh are wanting a very different type of experience than the previous generations have seen when it comes to church. Not just church service, but in how... Uh, people experience God as a whole. Let me give you one last statistic before we go, go ahead. off the air. And This is also one that I found very fascinating. It says 71% of those who participated in this study say that they are more likely to develop their religious beliefs on their own Wow! rather than to accept an entire set of beliefs that a particular church teaches, uh-huh. which means... Yes, people might be going to church, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they are buying in to everything that the church says it should be teaching in, in terms of the Bible. So, in other words, you know, I'm going, but I'm getting, I'm, I'm taking bits and pieces. I'm not necessarily accepting everything that the church is teaching. Well, and and one reason why uh, many people are feeling this way in in the society today is because the study says that levels of distrust. My, my. Toward churches, my, my. church leaders, and organized Christianity has been growing steadily over the past 20 years. Lord have mercy. Why are you trying to start a riot up in I'm here I'm just today? asking the questions, man. <laughs> you trying to start a riot up in what? here today. There's a level of distrust between member and leadership, I guess, more today Laity and leader. Yeah. Than, than ever before. Mm-hmm. And that is causing a lot of people to say, you know what, I believe in this, but I don't believe in this. And people are drawing their own conclusions. Well, I'll tell you. So what, when you hear that, uh-huh. when, when you hear, first of all, that the level of distrust between member and leader is, is higher than it's ever been, how then do we as pastors mm. address that issue? Because make no mistake. Yeah. Levels of distrust oh, yeah. is happening in every church. Yeah. It's the reason why people take nine months to, to a year yeah. before they join. They come to for a whole year to see so, if, the, if so, it's real authentic or so not. So then how, how do you pass to handle the perception of mistrust or, or people who come and they already have a preconceived notion that yeah. pastors are greedy or yeah. pastors are, yeah. Yeah. Are, are just out for the money or, yeah. or whatever yeah. the case might be. They're not sincere. Uh, you know, they don't practice what they preach. How do we deal with these levels of distrust? Well, we've got to do what Paul told Timothy, uh, to preach in season. Preach in season, preach out of season, and we've got to live what we preach. And I think that's what the big issue is uh, among leaders who are not living what they're talking about on Sunday. And so for us, we've got to keep our, as pastors, we've got to keep our eyes focused on what the biblical mandate is uh, to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, uh, number one. But let me say this, not to cut you off. Go ahead. Let's be real here. I mean, no no pastor is perfect. No, absolutely not. Okay, so so if you go in any church, absolutely not. You're going to see 
to some degree, yeah. over time, yeah. you're going to see the something. Pro- something's going to take place. But we've got to, at least, Pastor Swan, we've got to keep some basic stuff. Uh, that's required of us as leaders. Okay, so what what standard things? Oh, you going in? Why are you going to help me go into Timothy like that? Power, windows, and doors. What standard <laughs> things should should? I mean, I mean, because if you're seeing that levels of distrust toward churches is at an all time high, you see. I'll just people, say it this way: We've got to live what we preach. Okay, so we if, if we're gonna hold everybody else to living the standard of righteousness and holiness, uh, and some of the simple things as men and women of God, then we can't expect. Uh, the sheep uh, to walk out the word if the shepherds don't. So be the husband of one wife. Okay. And if some would say, well, one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I guess here's my here's my opinion. be the wife of one husband. You know, it's not so much that we live a, and we are called to live a life of holiness. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the greater example mm. is what do we do when we fall? Yeah. Because yeah. I, you know. Th- Make no mistake. I mean, no, no pastor is perfect. Absolutely. So, not. so to to have that expectation for a member to have an expectation that the pastor is going to always do everything right yeah. by the book is a false notion. It's not going to happen. I think the better example, but is the basic things we got to do. The right. basic things, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. The yeah. basic things, yes. Yeah. You know, you got to make sure you take care of your family and. You honor God, you love the people. Yeah. Uh, act, you know, sexual integrity yeah. is definitely Sexual and moral integrity, is financial important. integrity, all Absolutely. that's important. But also at the same time, when you do stumble and fall, what, how do you handle it, I think is also got a to, great example. It, it's just, it's exactly what's in the scripture about confessing our sins one to another so that you might be healed. Uh, pastors have got to somebody, have somebody they can go to outside of their congregations that they can go into and talk to either at a peer level with another pastor friend or an overseer and say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Here is where I am. Help me walk through this. Be willing to admit where you're wrong. I often find out that uh, nine times out of ten, people are more forgiving when you're just upfront and honest rather than trying to trying to hide it. hide and conceal. So, again, so going, honest with folks. So going back to this, then, this, these levels of distrust toward churches, church leaders, and organized Christianity – has been growing steadily over the past 20 years. Yeah. Okay, so so what do you think then is the one or two things that we need to specifically? I know you you know yeah. pra- practice what you preach, all that kind of thing, yeah, but yeah, what yeah. specifically I, I, should I we think, be doing? I think that we've got to make sure that we, we hold to, this leads into another area, the orthodoxy of Scripture, number one, uh, and so that people aren't able to mix and match and pull things in from other different formats because we believe what Jesus said, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by him. We believe that, and we keep to that, uh, and we live that out. So we've got to continue to uh, preach the timeless truth of that kind of message, live the timeless truth of that kind of message. Uh, Secondly, what I would get into is making sure that ministries within themselves develop organizational accountability uh, as well as spiritual accountability. I think that will help to create trust. Um, And the third thing, you got to just live it down, what you and I do every Every single week we come in with integrity, with authenticity. We live this word. We teach this word. We model this word uh, and we and we walk through life. And over time, like you and I, uh, the persons in our ministry uh, for nine months, we'll see that we really are really for real. The ministry is genuine uh, and they'll connect with God through the experience that we provide. Absolutely. You have to be consistent over a period of time. That's, the, time. that's the only way uh, you can rebuild trust. That's it. You have to do it over and over and over again for a long period of time. Let me say this point also. 
that uh, folk who walk in the experience of, of distrust and mistrust, they've got to uh, release out of their own hearts the experience that they've had in the other places that they've come from. And you've got to look at this particular pastor and this particular leader uh, authentically for who he or she is uh, and the experience that you have with them. So don't bring the, the stuff from the other experience that you've had in your relationship with me. Now, you're not saying people bring baggage from church to church, oh, do you? Oh, Lord help You're not me, saying Jesus. that, are you? Let me just. You're not saying that if somebody I, comes to Lord, your church from another place. My, my. They got enough suitcases to go from here to California. You're my, not saying that, are you? My, my, my. That's all I'm going to say is my mind. Okay. Well, well. anyway, we, we're almost out of time. But <laughs> I do want to invite Kevin Moose Anderson in who I like his perspective. And, you know, he's normally uh, a quiet, introverted kind of guy, but he has a lot of interesting thoughts and perspectives. And, and, and Moose, thank you for coming in, first of all. And, and again, we're, we're praying for you and for your family also, you know, the passing of your father. But the question for today is one of the statements that came out of a study, Moose, that said, uh, the level of distrust between people and church leaders has grown significantly in the last 20 years. Okay. So it's at a very high level. People just don't feel like they can trust pastors as much as they used to. And so I guess the first question that I want to ask you is, you know, you're not in ministry. So do you agree with, with this assessment that, that, church leaders, when you look at pastors and, and leadership in general, not, not that we're singling anybody out, but in general, do you feel like people are can trust the person that is in front of them? Or do you think that some people look at them and say, mm, ah. It's some trust issues. I mean, may, <clears throat> mainly because uh, when most people think of ministers, they think of somebody well-to-do. Yeah. That's what normally comes to mind. Somebody with a big car, nice house, you know, the, the so, so, so the that's side. the qualification of. Well, well of the, a, of that's a, the perception that's given. I mean, look at the ministers' conference. Look at the ministers' conference that just came by. All right, let's look at it. That, that, <laughs> what, what did you see? Uh, I wasn't here, but I. I what, know, what's the perception though? When you see yeah, ministers' Steve conference, Steve Harvey suits, uh, alligator shoes, big cars. Yeah. Taking everybody out to eat. Pimping. Pimping. Basically. So, so, so the perception, and, and that's what creates the distrust. You think? Yeah. Yeah, and then you know you 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 had look at the issues with the Catholic Church. Okay. Uh, look, look at other issues faced well that's come out about the church. Uh, so so let me ask. Let me play the other side. So somebody who has these things, these material things, and and let's say the church is compensating them accordingly, and they're doing right by their money. It's still a perception yeah, that if you have these things, there's something wrong. I mean, they. It's just a, a fact nowadays. So what? So is so? I guess what I'm trying to ask is: Is the perception that they're they're doing something wrong with the money of the church, or they just the perception that people don't never know? You know, it, it wasn't until like I I got real tight with Pastor Swan and got to see and Pastor Bob, I got to see what it really takes to be a you know a preacher. You know, it's 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 a twenty four seven job. It's something like to hear, right? Because no. just think about you know, if somebody gets sick, they call in the minister. Funeral, somebody's calling the minister. Something going on in the community, they calling the minister. So so you then, as you are a member, you look up, the first thing you notice is what the pastor look what he's wearing or she's wearing, what they're driving, what they got on. Now, now, the, now, the normal people, that's what they look at. I'm I'm trying to listen. Every day, to, yeah, everyday, everyday person, that's yeah. what they look at. Because yeah. I mean think the everyday person is caught up in the world. They look at MTV, they reading these magazines. So they they parallel this this 
you know, this financial or this material success with, with a state of mind. Okay, and and the assumption is, is that if this person looks to be financially well off, mm-hmm. then there's something wrong with the church. Is that something what you're saying? Something's going on. You know, yeah. somebody yeah. pockets is getting greased. Yeah. Ooh, we laid it down. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All I can say is say lie, amen. That's it. So, so, so then, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me go back for a minute. So then, to to maintain the integrity of the church, are you suggesting that pastors then should not maintain a vow of poverty? But are you suggesting that we nah, should? Nah, nah, no way, no way, no way. I mean, you know, it it costs money to live, right? You know, and and you want to be taken care of. I I think what people need to stop doing is looking at the physical person and really pay attention to what the people are saying. Okay, so let, let's. So if you didn't know me, you saw me drive down the street, and let's say I was. You don't, in, you don't carry yourself like a minister. But but let me say this: if you didn't know me, right, and and I show up on Sunday morning, and I'm and I'm driving uh, a BMW. Okay. You're gonna think of me differently than if I showed up in, let's say, a Honda Accord. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Could could be could be could be. I mean, because those cars are status symbols. Nobody buys a BMW because it runs good. You know I mean? some, people, <laughs> some people say that. But, I mean, just think. Okay. Be- the, the best cars, yeah, yeah. you know, are, are status symbols. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Hondas are good cars. I got a Honda. You can put 200,000 miles plus on a Honda. And it still keep running. And it still keep running. I hate you, Rose. I hate you. I hate you. All right, well, now, what about, what about, but see, now, it could it be just the the time in which we live, you know, pastors like uh, Pastor Swan uh, and, and others and myself. When you see us, we gonna get out the BMW in a, in a sweatsuit. And yeah, some... y'all carry it a little bit different, you know. Like... But but see, the, the question is 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 the status things contributing to the level of distrust? That that's my question. It's, it's, it, man, I'm writing about this in my my um, world religion. Class. You, you think so? You say the answer is yes. It, it's a couple of things. I think the Another thing, you know, it, it deals with, like, people's perception of God. It has to deal with technology. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's tearing down a lot of barriers right there. Okay. We have a couple of calls we want to get to real quick. We're out of time, but Moose is being gracious to us. So call it very quickly. Very quickly. I uh, I agree with Moose. Um, it afflu- Appearing to be affluent is one factor. One. But um, you know what, though? I don't see anything wrong with that. I really don't. But does it contribute to a level of mistrust? If you, it can, if I, you, I think it can. Mm. But if you, if we're on the if we're on page biblically, I mean, look at um, Abraham. Look at so many of our heroes in the Bible that were wealthy. God didn't Absolutely. have a problem with that. No, but, he didn't. But um, but yeah. If, now I will say this very quickly, Pastor Swan. If you've got um, some maintenance that needs to be done in your in your building and you uh see this uh fly pastor getting out of his beautiful beautiful european oh, you machine talking, sister. you talking you know uh <clears throat> now that'll make you totally mistrust uh, but yeah, uh especially everything... <laughs> okay i got you okay. that, that needs some new windows yeah, in the yeah, building right, right, right. Thank yeah Th- thank you for the and call. And Ram riding on 22. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you for the call. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, it's an interesting concept, and I, th- and I think we got you one start, more call. You if, you're calling, if you're calling in real quick, call on 727-5711. 727-5711. We have time for one more call. 
And While the they're calling the in, Pastor Swan, let me just say it's, it's about we need to make sure everybody focuses their attention on God. Uh, it's, it's their relationship with the Lord, their relationship with God, and people are people. Uh, and God does move through people, but the, the ultimate focus is on, on the Lord. We need to make sure we say that. Okay, we got one more call, and uh, this is it for the for the day. Caller, are you on the air? Yeah. Go ahead and uh, state your comment, please. Yes. Um, what I have to say is I, I grew up in church all my life. and uh, My dad's a pastor, and I'm a PK kid, so I've seen how the churches move to one direction to another. And the one thing I see is that a lot of sinners see a lot of preachers getting in trouble Uh-oh. behind the things that they do when they preach. They preach one way, but when they outside the church, they're doing another way. And and, and when you when you when you're well known preacher or pastor, and the saint sees you do something wrong, then the perception is, oh, he's just a faker. Yeah, yeah. And so, do you think that that's what is contributing to the level of distrust between? Yeah, yeah. Because one thing, and, and one thing, I, I think the other lady said, if if, if if the pastor is driving a nice car and dressed nice, I think the saint. We thank you for the call. We appreciate it. And uh, we are out of time, and I guess we're going to have to pick up with this got to do it some more next week. You done started something now. Yeah, the level of mistrust between <laughs> member and, and leadership. Yeah. And uh, if you are calling in, we're sorry we can't get you on the air today. We will pick this topic back up on next Tuesday. And also, if you did not want to call in but offer your perspective on today's show, you can go to www.kevinswan.org. And on the on the website at the bottom Hit Pastor's blog, and you can write in your comment on the blog for today, which is the question or the topic for the show today. And also, you can listen to the show later on today in its entirety if you happen to miss a portion of it. So once again, on behalf of uh, Pastor Raymond Johnson, and p- please continue to pray for Pastor John Young and the Absolutely. Power of Believers family. Yes. We want to thank again Kevin Moose Anderson. We got to get you back on, man. You got yeah, you got to yeah. offer some other. He, he didn't put some salt in it early, did yeah, he? Yeah, man. You got to, you got to, because we need that perspective, man. Yeah. And and you said you said straight up, man. So if I'm, you done mess me up. <laughs> go on and buy so, it. So man. I can't go get a car, man. That's what you telling me. You can. You can. I, I can do it. You just can't put no. You can't put it on doves, though. Okay. <laughs> we thank you for listening to another edition of the Pastor Study. We'll be back next Tuesday with another show. Until then, be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. Take care. Hi, this is Ken Waters, and you're listening to the Workday Jazz Set on the professional sound of college radio, WHOV 88.1 FM.